The Network Live. News, insights, and stories right here on KNEL 95.3 FM and knelradio.com every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Don't miss this opportunity to hear world news, insights, and stories from guests around the world. The Network Live is your pathway to connecting people and ministries. Greetings, everybody. Thanks for joining me. I've got this really cool manual. It's a, it's a prophetic summary of the activity that's been going on as we've been praying into what's going on globally with the Donald Trump uh, wrecking ball era. And I wanted to really get to you something which would explain the hidden patterns that are in the Bible that are happening right now in terms of the cycles of what's taking place. You know, it's kind of cool. It's the Sanhedrin sent me this copy of the coin that they put together because the Sanhedrin is tracking more than the than evangelicals on how Trump is prophetically fulfilling something in history. And I still think that the church is missing its timeline. I'm showing you this because like this is the this is the phases that we're at right now in terms of what's taking place. And we're in the prophetic intercession zone where God has done a breakthrough, and then the enemy has been trying to dispossess this president with a coup. I mean, it's crazy to me that nobody's talking about this thing. There was an, or, I and mean, they're still trying to accomplish it. The nation still doesn't know that there was an attempt to unseat a president through the utilization of the intelligence community. And where we are now is this dotted line here, and that's the, that's the phase, really, where Cyrus has made a decree and a remnant of Israelites under Zerubbabel and Ezra and the prophets Haggai. It's time that they began to rise up because in the Bible, when Cyrus rose, these guys came on the scene and started to prophesy about finishing the project that God started. And I'm saying there's hardly any discussion about a project. Most Christians are just sitting there reading news and headlines and praying nervous prayers. We're not actually engaged in restoring the house and building the wall. What does it mean? What does it mean to build the wall? We're not all going down to Mexico in our to Texas. It's talking about the walls of the boundaries of, of, of our of our own inheritance. Someone, some spirit is trying to do you know what's maddening to me? I mean, I, I don't want to go off on this, I want to edify you, but I think sometimes you have to be um appropriately uh distressed in order to be relieved. That what's maddening to me is you know that Obama, President Obama. And um, and Feinstein and Feinstein and uh, Kerry, these guys are all go- talking to the Iranians, to the Palestinians, to global leaders in China, as though the hubris of these people, as though they were the actual government, and that Donald Trump is some kind of odd aberration, and they're actually undermining the United States and talking to these heads of state and saying, "Pay no attention to Trump. This is almost treason, and you don't hear anything about it." I'm telling you, this is why we have got. We've got to be incensed enough to hit the prayer realm, bam, because there has to be a dislodging of this spirit, this fog that is over the United States. That makes sense to you? I got a newsletter here from, from Rush, and it just I shouldn't have read it before the broadcast because this is what happens. I read it and I just go, what the heck? So we all know, he says, that the coup against Donald Trump isn't over. We're in a deadly face-off. Right now, with the plotters, they're racing to depose the president. Our sides 
racing to expose them, and it will make all the difference who reaches the finish line first. Either their coup succeeds or we succeed in uncovering it and let the spirit of justice come upon this situation. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray that the angels of the Lord are going to go to work right now with the, with the leaders of this country, specifically with the Attorney General William Barr and his team, to expedite and uh, to facilitate the gathering of truth and facts, marshalling them together and thrusting them into the public mind so that the truth can be known about what is happening in this country. I pray for the saints to be awakened right now, to push the battle in the spirit and see success. America is founded, my friends, is in the balance. That's what we're up against. Nothing is as it appears. In the wake of the Mueller report fiasco, the deep state seems to be holding weak cards, yet we see very little movement from Attorney General Barr in the investigation. We almost, we get the hint that there's, Going to have to be patient. It takes a long time. It's going to, there's going to be delays. In the meantime, there's silence. There's no indication that the schemers are about to fold. Now, Byron York reports that there was or is a third scope memo. It's still secret. Yet another investigative agreement between the Justice Department under Rod Rosenstein and the special counsel's office. Obama is, this is the part that flipped me out. Obama's flying around meeting with world leaders, his what's called international peers. This is the this is the the freaky globalist movement that's trying to eradicate the boundaries and the existence of sovereign nation states. You got to see what's going on. And uh, so it's and, and and the Associated Press, you know, says Team Obama, and and the Daily Beast calls it Team Obama is carrying out high level meetings in Iran. And then briefing congressional Democrats behind the scenes on what he's doing, conversations between former Obama officials and Iranian government officials as they're blowing our drones out of the air and threatening and right now moving to, to nuclearize their arsenal. There's ongoing conversations with Obama officials since November 2016. That's foreign interference. You want to talk about foreign interference? It wasn't Trump. These guys are doing it right in our face. Ex-Secretary of State John, the crazy guy Kerry, has been undercutting Trump all over the globe. Kerry said last January that Trump won't last the year. That's what he's telling them. He told Palestinian President Muhammad Abbas, according to the Jerusalem Post, to hold on and be strong and uh, not to yield to Trump's demands. You see the hubris and, 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 the, and the rebellion that is inherent within this party that they would globally fight the agenda of a president. Can you imagine? If Mitt Romney was running around doing that while Obama was president, they'd skin him alive in Massachusetts. Astonishingly, the Washington Post reports that Kerry's been talking a nuclear deal. Well, he's talking about the nuclear deal with the Iranian foreign minister, Muhammad Javad Zarif, meeting with him multiple times. Politico reports that uh, Senator Feinstein recently had dinner with Zarif, noting that she was walking around the Capitol with his contact information pulled up on her iPhone. They spotted it in an elevator. Now, Kerry says, I think everybody in the world's talking about just waiting out Donald Trump, especially America's enemies. In that same vein, the South China Morning Post, former career diplomat Susan Thornton has told China, just keep steady, keep your head down and wait. Wait for the change in the White House. Back to the new, back to sanity which is the global order taking over. 
There is still a plot. There is still a plot going on with many, many tentacles worldwide. That's Leviathan, including the lawfare. That's right. The use of law as warfare and political machinations of the Democratic Party to basically continue investigating Trump. It'll be taxes. It'll be this. It'll be that. Investigating the death, harassing everybody in his administration, however they can. And now his campaign, his business, his family, it's all open season again. This has always been a political effort to destroy Trump before the election and after, during the transition and after his inauguration. And now it's become existential warfare. The stakes for America have never been higher. That's why I want you guys to be the remnant. It's not many of us. It wasn't many of us that, that actually won the, that shocked the world in 2016. 20,000 in Wisconsin, 40,000 in Michigan. Uh, 7,500,000 in Pennsylvania. It was a remnant. It literally comes out of like 270,000 believers that came out at the last minute and, and decided to do something. A remnant changed American history. And trust me, the leftists are not going to let that happen. They are, they are working every angle they can. And so I'm praying that the remnant is arising. That's, that's one reason why this is so important. I wanted to do this broadcast. I just do my plea with you that we must, we must come together. We cannot just think someone else is doing this. We have to do it. For all I know, it was, uh, it was a handful of us that, that may have mobilized the 250,000 key voters that came out that won the Electoral College, who were Christians, 80% of them, by the way. So, the, uh, by the way, I wanted to get this whole timeline to you and this entire uh, prophetic journal of what's happened and i'm gonna i'm working on a book this month i'm going to be working on on the book you know i did the chaos candidate now i'm going to do the chaos president and the and the um i don't know the subtitle yet but it's going to be really about and the battle over christianity and western civilization that's the whole point we got to get our we got to get our worldview up to date and i'm sorry to say we've we've got great pastors in this network that i've got and they know this is a fact. 90% of pastors do not want to talk about the issues and clarify anything because they don't want to offend or alienate uh, their congregation. They all want to go off into spirit land and personal healing and empowerment and favor and being living the blessed life. Meanwhile, the nation is rocking and reeling under this demonic assault. And, uh, and the people that are going to church are not getting informed by the pulpits about what the battle is. And, and they don't even know how to answer a simple question like a bathroom bill <clears throat> or how to defend the science of gender. You know, Jesus, he made them male and female. There's a great verse. He didn't make them gender fluid. He made them one or the other. Being able to, we just got to pray for the leaders, man. We got to pray for the leaders because the pastors don't want to risk the heat. And so it's going to come down to a remnant of pastors and the body of Christ. But I want to send this to you as be free. I want to just give it to you, this manual. But uh, we're going to be covering this in our August. It's going to be our meeting. When is it? August. We're going to be the next Trump gathering, Trump Hotel. What an electric anointed experience that was last year. But it's going to be August 28th to September 1st. You want to get a hold of the early uh, tickets on this thing. August 28th to uh, September 1st. One of the great reformer voices that I've identified out there that's speaking boldly in California on these subjects is Mario Murillo. And I'm looking forward to meeting with him. And I, I kind of boosted a lot of his posts, but now he's going to be joining us and speaking. And he said something that got my attention was when I heard him speak about 
uh, Sons of Thunder. He said, why is it that Ben Shapiro and Jordan Peterson and Dennis Prager and, uh, these, uh, and, and Sean Hannity and Tucker Carlson, why is the front lines of the great debate over the issues of culture and destiny and, and, the, and, the, and the mission of the United States, why is it the great issues are being taken on by secular authors, professors, and Orthodox Jews, and we don't have any Christians on the front line of the controversy? I'll tell you why. Christians don't want to be in the controversy. I think the enemy's coming after us, whether we want to go after him or not. I think that's what, that's, 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 you're going to be the first victim of what happens if we don't maintain authority in the spirit over what's happening in the United States. Because the hate speech laws are going to, ultimately, the devil's after the church. He's after silencing and binding up the body of Christ, and like, like he bound Samson. But I, I believe the word of the Lord for now is there's an unleashing of a fresh anointing. And that's why, that's why I want to be at Washington. I want to be at the Trump Hotel. I want to be in proximity to where the gates of influence are. And I want to be there with you. I want you there with us. And we're going to ascend together. And I believe if we come in under that anointing right, that, that, that Cyrus anointing activated the authority of the remnant. It activated Zerubbabel. So here's what you do. Here's my new technology. And I'm really saying, how do we, what are the breakthroughs that our people need? Because God wants you unencumbered. You know, if you're going to be building his kingdom, then you can't be fighting, like Paul told Timothy, no soldier that is, that is, that is at war entangles himself with domestic pursuits. I think you shouldn't be entangled with worrying about your business or your finance or your family. I think the ideal of God is the blessing of God comes upon those things so that you are free to be able to pursue the the calling that you've got to have to advance the kingdom of God in your field, advance in the where, in the area that you're at. I did a broadcast today for Prague, my friend uh, Hani Sorrell and um, and the Ramsey. So my son Carl was out there speaking, and it's great. They gather together a group of leaders in Prague once a year to talk about global affairs, economics, business, and kingdom and prophetic language. And so I did a broadcast today, and I was telling them something. I said that revival is always personal. We keep praying for revival. Revival actually is not the answer for America. We could have a revival and America could still go down the tubes. Remember, they had revival prior to the Civil War, the great Finney revivals. There was a great revival going. And we read about the great revivals, but the revival didn't stop the Civil War. You know why? Because the revival didn't penetrate the institutions in the South. It didn't get into government and it didn't get into business and it didn't get into media and it didn't get into the pulpits. So we ended up with a civil war. And right now, we're going, to, we're going to have to see that revival is personal and it's grassroots. Reformation is institutional. Revival's bottom up, reformation's top down. When a revival hits a leader, it empowers the leader to do reformation. But in the want of people is the destruction of any prince. Meaning, if there isn't a sufficient sustained pattern of public persuasion coming out through great awakeners, through oracles, through revivalists that are hitting on the themes that are empowering reformation, then those that are the reformation agents can't change anything because there's not a sufficient concentration of revival power dispersed into government, education, media, entertainment, and business or philanthropy. And, uh, and I'm praying for an awakening spirit. I'm actually asking the Lord, because I, you know, I don't want to see this this mental division any longer between signs, wonders, and supernatural, and it's all like it's in this like cluster of 
camp meeting, revival meeting, church meeting, prophet meeting. And I, I just, I, I think there's always an anointing there, but I just feel like God is wanting to see his spirit poured out on a group of people that are actually going to be judges and lawgivers and legislators and activists and people that are carrying the passion, the fire of the purpose of God. You know, it was the abolitionist movement that fueled the North into, into, its, into its fervor on the issue of slavery that precipitated the, uh, it's terrible that we had a civil war, but had we not had it, you would have had the perpetuation of slavery for another hundred years. So there had to be the abolitionists, the Christian abolitionists, by the way, the born again Christians who said, we're not just going to have revival. We're going to deal with this evil that is taking place. And you can thank them for the chaos of the civil war. The South simply didn't respond to the revival. They weren't able to reform themselves. And in America right now, we have a civil war that's going on culturally. Hey, listen to this. Art Lucier. Art is, Art's a really cool guy, a leader. I think he's probably an apostle. But I, I want to read to you. Oh, listen to what he sent me today, just before I went on the broadcast. He said, um, man, we had to boycott. He's in Canada. Catch this, though. We had to boycott Cineplex just to get a movie. They had to do activism with a movie theater to get a movie. He said, we finally got it in Canada starting Friday, only to have, now that we have the movie, we've got death threats at the theaters. And there are many, many theaters out of fear canceling because the left-wing progressives are calling in death threats. I said, uh, what movie are you talking about? It isn't Dumbo, I know that. And uh, it's unplanned. Uh-huh. Because, now you know the movie Unplanned is so anointed. Because the Cineplex wouldn't play it, they boycotted it. So Cineplex put it in, and now the theaters are all backing up because of death threats. I wrote, really? This is serious. I need to interview you about this. Uh, I'm going to tell my staff so they can set it up. I, I, I want to get the story. Wouldn't you like to hear the story? I'm going to put him right here on a split screen and have him, an interview. He writes this. Death threats are shutting down theaters. Trudeau that wimpy prime minister in Canada is office. They're lying about the movie. They're misrepresenting the movie. I am so ticked. This will give you an idea what's going on. And um, so he sent me a Facebook Live from yesterday that, uh, that I could look at, which is what hell is breaking loose? Freedom of speech, my friends. This is under Trump's administration. Can you imagine what happens when we have a Trudeau in the White House? How you're not gonna you're not gonna have freedom of speech. I'm I'm upset right now with the platforms on on um, on Google and such because of the way that they're they're monkeying around with search algorithms. So when you put in like you want to talk about conservative speaker on the balance something other, it'll give you other options that'll misdirect you into MSNBC and CNN, those vast reservoirs of uh, false prophecy. So. Um, you got to see the battle for what it is. And you can't just go, well, Lance, you know, the Lord's going to deal with it. No. God deals with it through his people. He's giving you authority to deal with this. So he's not doing, you remember that, remember that great story from um, Kenneth Hagin? He said he was having a visitation from Jesus. And Jesus appears to Kenneth Hagin. And as, he, as he's talking to him, the, 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 this, as, as Jesus is talking, this imp, this like a monkey-like demon, jumps up and down. While Jesus is talking to Kenneth Hagin, and Kenneth is staring at him, he's wondering, why doesn't the Lord do something? The Lord knows that I can't hear what he's saying. 
he sees the Lord speaking, and this spirit is jumping up and down like a, like a monkey. And uh, finally, Kenneth Hagin, was, he got tired of wondering what the Lord was going to do because he was missing out on what the Lord was saying. And so he says, you know, he says, uh, like, get out of here in Jesus' name. And the spirit goes, whoop, and goes, whoop, 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 and goes out the door down the street. And uh, I believe the quote is like this. You can argue with my theology, or, but forget mine. It's Kenneth Hagin's. And the Lord says to him, if you hadn't done that, I wouldn't do it. In other words, the Lord knew exactly what was interfering. If you hadn't done it, I wasn't going to do it. Why? Because I've given you authority on the earth to deal with things. These are things you deal with. I wonder how many times we go to the Lord with a prayer request on something that God wants us to deal with because he already gave us authority. How many times do we pray for God to reveal and say or do something and he's already revealed in his word? Like it says, wherever two or more are gathered, there I am. Praying for the Lord to come with his presence may not be the smartest prayer. Praying that we will be able to sense and discern the mighty presence of the Lord that is with us. That is more biblical. So I, I, I pray to God that we start to get a revelation of our authority and the power of agreement, <clears throat> the power of unity. There are powerful alignments coming together. I'm noticing in my own life, certain people are coming along now that are all part of the next chapter of life. And, uh, and, and you'll find that people will be um, sovereignly woven into the fabric of your going out and coming in so that you can encounter the people that God is raising up who are meant to be part of the structure that houses the anointing for the purpose you've got right now. I love this verse in Ephesians chapter 2, 22, that in Jesus, in verse 21 says, the building is fitly framed. And it, together it grows into a temple in the Lord, talking about the mystical body of Christ, in whom you also are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Every couple is called to be a habitation of God. Annabelle and I are pressing into her. We've made a decision. We're going to take some time off to pray and seek the Lord. I really feel it's the divine season for the elimination of the extraneous and the, the focusing in on the essential. Because your marriage is a habitation. And then our children are going to be visiting with us, and we're praying for the habitation to multiply. Your family, your household shall be saved, the Bible says. There should be a household anointing. There should be a habitation within the union of a couple, the covenant of the two. Your prayer should be powerful and effective. You should be able to hear God for one another in a fresh way. Then your family should feel the power of that experience. And then God will bring into you your ecclesia. That's the three, four, five, six, or seven key relationships that are built together for a habitation of God's purpose. And when you come together, you're going to know it's God because your clarity hearing God, your clarity perceiving and confirming what the Lord is saying, uh, your liberty in the spirit will augment, increase, and amplify when you're in the company of the right people. I pray right now, Father, in Jesus' name, that there's going to be an increase in the multiplication of the gathering of living stones around each person, that your, your habitation is being formed out of living people, us drawn together as a living body of Christ. I pray that we will come together as a fresh habitation, that even in my network, in my community, in my family of relationships right now, a 1,000 strong and 50,000 by tomorrow at this time, I pray that we will become a habitation, that, Lord, there'll be an entity that you can download your prophetic purpose to, that we will preach, pray, prophesy. Lord, we'll be the abolitionists. We'll be the activists. We'll be the, uh, the fire starters of revival and the reformer agents in the high places. I pray, Lord, that you're going to put a remarkable anointing for the habitation 
of your presence upon people right now. They'll be drawn together. And I pray in August when we meet together, when we come together in Washington, D.C. on August 28th and September 1st, Lord, let there be a mighty prophetic effusion, a powerful unleashing of your anointing, your update, your purpose, your passion. And I pray that between now and then, there'll be heavenly downloads, heavenly downloads, heavenly downloads that we're going to be receiving so that the church can advance in this critical year of 2020 coming up, that we're going to see America not go back. We will not lose the ground we've gained, but we're going to take more ground than we've ever taken before. And it won't be a lethargic and a nervous church trying to find the escape hatch in the spirit realm, but it's going to be an invading apostolic army, a, an invading force that'll be the power of God on the habitation of the body of Christ in every state. And it's around the world. In Hong Kong right now, it's happening. In, in, in Taiwan, it's happening. If you're reading the news, you can see that these in each of these places, the spirit of the Lord is moving with remarkable um, um, agitation, if you will, of the church to realize it must stand and use its authority in the practical and powerful and prophetic ways in which it's anointed to do. We're going to have to learn to have joy in the midst of all this battle. I don't think we're going to have a period where it's going to go, oh, it's all over now, just celebrate. I think it's going to be constant. I'll tell you why I say that. Because I got I got, I got got an extra revelation. The Lord uh, was speaking to me, and he said, go to Daniel chapter 9, verse 25. Regarding the wall that Nehemiah built, the street, Daniel prophesied. This is like, this is before, it's like, what was this? I don't know. Many years before Nehemiah embraced the project, Daniel prophesied. The street shall be built again, and the wall, the street and the wall, even in a time of trouble. Meaning, even in troublesome times. Nehemiah was building in the face of fierce opposition. It's like I told you, this guy has death threats and theaters shutting down. Because they won't even play unplanned because they don't want to mess with the pro-abortion agenda in liberal progressive Canada. We're going to build this wall spiritually around our nation states. We will not collapse. And uh, so take courage. Times of trouble and times of distress don't stop God's people from finishing their divine assignment. America isn't forsaken. We will pull together and get the job done, even if we persist with joy in troublesome times. That's the beautiful thing about the church. It's uh, like Noah's Ark. If we build, if we come together as a habitation God intended, we become an ark in the spirit. I love you guys so much. God bless you. By the way, that was a, that newsletter I was reading was a Rush Limbaugh newsletter. You guys, if you're missing out on him, you're really missing out a lot. These guys, they'll get negatively branded by the left. And people go, oh, this guy is like, a, he's a secular prophet like Saul's Nietzsche. He nails it every time I read him. He says, uh, he says if, the, if we let, this deep state, get away with what they're doing, we're finished. Given the assets they have, the media, listen to the Seven Mountains, he's got it. He said, the deep state has the media. It's got pop culture. It's uh, They ruin everything. You go to a football game, they politicize it. So every, no matter, You go to the Academy Awards, they politicize it. You go to a theater, they close and give you death threats. They just are miserable creatures. So it's the media, pop culture, academia, Wall Street, the international globalist infrastructure, and the power of weaponized migrants at 100,000 a month bleeding over our open borders. Every one of these assets has to be stopped. We have to crush the deep state. Right now, all we have is the truth. All we have is the document the founders gave us, a constitution. All we have right now is the rights bestowed on us by Almighty God, our creator, in the experiment 
of the great American nation. But we have the American people on our side. And if we pray, if we do what we've got to do, we're 100% all in on this, folks. We're all in. I love you. I pray that you feel the anointing and the strength of the Lord. May the spirit of the Lord come upon you at the late hour of the night. Remember what the psalmist said? Oh, uh, bless the Lord, all ye servants in the house of the Lord uh, that um, lift their voice at night in the presence of the Lord. Lift up your voice in the sanctuary. And this is the great psalmist that, that said that uh, those that lift up their voice even at night in the house of the Lord. We're lifting up our voice at night, night and day, day and night, standing in the gap and worshiping the great power of the uh, of the Lord Jesus Christ who raises us from the dead and heals our infirmities and delivers us from death itself. Thank you so much for being with us today. If you would like to hear a rebroadcast of the Network Live, visit knelradio.com or find our podcast on iTunes and podbean.com. To follow more news, insights, and stories, follow the Network Live on Facebook. If you would like more information about being a guest on the Network Live, contact us at thenetworklive.org. The Network Live will be back next week at 10 a.m. right here on KNEO Radio 95.3 FM and KNEOradio.com. I'm Debbie Rule. Thank you for listening today.